And welcome to another episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and thank you all for tuning in today. So like I said last week, if you're new to the program, thank you for tuning in. And if you've listened to the program before, welcome back. And today's interview is uh, sort of part two of an interview that I did last week with Ann Wendell and Alan Basilic, both physical therapists and both providing physical therapy care through a cash-based physical therapy model. So today, I'm happy to have on the show uh, another physical therapist, also from Austin, same place Alan is from, actually, um, who is doing the same sort of physical therapy cash-based practice, and his name is Dr. Jared Carter. And since becoming a physical therapist in 2005, he has continuously sought out skilled mentors and learning opportunities in therapy and business. He worked in both private insurance uh, and sorry, both insurance based and private pay practices before opening Carter Physiotherapy in the spring of 2010. And that is a fully cash based therapy clinic. And. He has been able to use creative marketing and and fast results, so his patient's schedule was pretty full uh, within the first six months of opening up his practice. And we'll sort of talk about how he did that in in a little bit. But with insurance and Medicare reimbursements on the decline, many insurance-based PT clinics are struggling to maintain a good profit, and we'll talk about that. So he sees, Jared sees, cash-based services as an important part of surviving the current and future changes in the healthcare industry, as well as maintaining high-quality treatments. So he also has... uh, for this reason, is now helping other physical therapists add and convert to cash-based services and avoiding insurance industry dictate on how they treat their patients. He has a blog. He has a website. It's drjaredcarter.com. So, and we'll repeat that later on uh, and, and throughout the show. So, uh, Jared, uh, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time out of your schedule today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Sure, sure. So, last week... Um, we, I spoke to, I spoke to Ann Wendell and to Alan Basilic and so Basilink, and we had a lot of, um, questions coming in from Twitter and, and a lot of questions for other people. And I have some follow-up questions even from that interview. So, but the first thing I want to know is why did you decide to start your cash-based business? Well, um, like we said in the, in the little bio there, that I was able to work in both uh, insurance-based practices as well as a cash-based practice. And um, when I decided to start my own practice, to seeing the differences in the, between the two, um, I knew without a doubt that I wanted to, to, to try and, and do the cash-based route mm-hmm. um, for a number of reasons. But, you know, essentially in the cash-based realm, um, I saw that I was able to spend so much more time one-on-one with patients, uh, so much less time uh, with paperwork and um, other administrative, uh, you know, kind of uh, responsibilities. Um, you know, you're not in a cash-based, uh, in the cash-based realm, you're not paying someone else to have to do all your billing and, 
and try to get you paid for your for your mm-hmm. hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the, the list goes on and on um, in terms of just generally less headaches and doing more of what I really love to do, which is spend time with patients and, and uh, give them really high-quality care. Sure, sure. So that's sort of the motivation behind starting a cash-based business for you. Yes, for me, yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I guess... And this is something that, you know, we spoke to Anne and, and Alan about last week. But if you could pinpoint, and we'll sort of get to this right off the bat, because this is what a lot of people want to know. If you can pinpoint, uh, let's say, maybe a mistake or, or something within the creation of this sort of cash-based model that you would tell someone interested in starting, like, oh, boy, I did X, Y, and Z, or I did A, and, and boy, that, did, that, that just did not work out well. And I think what Anne said was, um, she said when she first started, she's like, I just quit my job and didn't, she's like, I quit my job, didn't have savings, and just thought all the patients were going to come right away instead of sort of doing it gradually. So did you make any sort of glaring, I don't want to call them mistakes, because it's not a mistake because it brought you to where you are now, but um, did you have any missteps, let's say, or something you really learned from that you can pass on? Well, um, you know, with all the hard work I put into it up front, um, it, it, I really didn't have a, a too big of an issue in terms of getting patients in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I outline how I do that a lot at my website and just a lot of you know, shifting of referral sources in the cash base realm, which I'm sure we can talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think probably probably one of the lessons to le- that I learned was that when you decide to start or, say, convert to a cash-based practice, you have to realize that most physicians um, are not going to be as likely to send patients to you. Not, not that they all will just stop sending patients mm-hmm. by any means, but you have to kind of uh, understand that your referral sources are going to have a higher percentage of word-of-mouth um, you know, internet-based, uh, social media-type stuff. You know, you're going to be getting patients from other sources than just strictly physicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nothing personal. It's not that they dislike you all of a sudden or anything like that. It's just that they understand that the majority of their patients, the majority of any population out there, is going to want to use the insurance that they're paying for. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine, totally understandable. Um, you can't, in your mind, don't get frustrated and think, oh, but they should, you know, go out and network to see me because I spend more time and whatever, you know, just just understanding up front that most people are going to still stick with insurance, and that's fine, and that most physicians are going to want to send practitioners who take insurance. There's still a vast amount of people out there, you know, any a, a certain percentage of any population who will pay more out-of-pocket for what mm-hmm. they consider or perceive as a higher-value service. Mm-hmm. So it, for I'd say, you know, mistake-wise or uh, would be just realizing that up front and not working too, too much in terms of going around to, to physicians' offices and, and marketing, uh, trying to market to them, market your cash-based services to them. It's not that you'll never get any patients from mm-hmm. them. Uh, it's just that the return on investment probably isn't as good as going out to, gener- you know, to say, Chamber of Commerce events or athletic events and just networking with mm-hmm. people and, uh, you know, instead of just targeting physicians' offices, which is 
kind of the you know the most traditional form of marketing for a physical therapy practice but the game really does change when you go into the cash-based realm absolutely and and what about something that I that I do here in New York is I also try and network with other like fitness professionals so it might be other uh, personal trainers massage therapists things like that because you know Obviously, insurance doesn't really cover personal training. It doesn't cover personal training. I don't think it covers all massage therapy. So getting referrals from people like that is great because you're getting a referral from someone who is already willing to pay a little extra for, you know, that's kind of one-on-one care. So I found that to be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. There, I'd say personal trainers are, are my second biggest referral yeah. source aside from, you know, and you can consider that a kind of a word of mouth, but mm-hmm. um, I have some specific things that I do to market to personal trainers and network with them. Um, and you're absolutely right. That's a huge component of, of uh, my business today, and especially with getting started. I reached out to all the trainers I knew, and, and really, you know, uh, that helped get things going for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I, that's and, and I did the same thing. And, you know, to this day, I, like, last week got four new referrals from personal trainer friends of mine here in the city. And I think that's that, great. yeah, and, and having, like, a good, and, and, you know, and it goes both ways. You know what I mean? It's not like they're just giving yeah, you referrals. Yeah, I mean, you it goes, send them back as yeah, well. Yeah, you send yeah. them back. Or, or maybe I get, like, I've had patients where I knew that they were getting ready to wind down with their physical therapy and needed personal training. And so I have a group of personal trainers that I know and I trust, and they're very good. And we work collaboratively. Mm-hmm. And that really Absolutely. brings out a lot. That That's a great way to to increase your referrals and to, to increase the amount of patients that you're going to see, you know? And yeah, there's not a lot, of, there's not many things that make someone want to send you business than sending them business. Absolutely. For sure. And yes. that even, you know, on that topic, just to quickly add in, um, that expands out to pretty much all networking scenarios. When I go to a networking event of some sort or meet with other business owners, um, in my mind, I'm really trying to not think, you know, how, who might they know that could come in and see me or how mm-hmm. can I get business out of this situation? It's of course more, not. Who do I know that might benefit from knowing this person and then make a point to, you know, send an introductory email and, yep. you know, try to help others drum up business for themselves and they will remember you a lot more so than if you just, you know, trade business cards and say, nice to meet you. you know, Absolutely. And, and that's that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think going into, and like you said, going to networking events and things like that, which I do often here, but I think going into a network event and looking at more of what can you offer to the people at that event. So, so what are your offerings to them? And, you know, coming in with that sort of very authentic and true kind of uh, feeling of self and what you can offer will certainly come back to you. You know, Absolutely. but going in with, oh, boy, I need to meet this person, this person, this person, because they might be able to give things to me, I think, is just mm-hmm. the wrong way to approach it. You know, and, and people see that, you know, and they don't want that sort of salesy kind of person taking care of people yeah. that they know. They can, yeah. You know? Yeah, they'll, they'll detect that really quickly. Yeah, people um, sniff that out. Site, I, actually, 
I was going to say, I have, on my side, I have, I, I, I think it was about a year, year and a half ago, I did a two or three part series specifically on networking and how I went about it uh, and how I go about it mm-hmm. uh, with exactly what you're talking about, uh, you know, really going into it and looking at how you can add value to every, every you know, connection and connecting with others and, right. and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, because you never know, like the person that you meet at a networking event that maybe has nothing to do with the health or with health or wellness. You know, I go to a lot of female entrepreneurial events. So there are women who make nail polish for a living, let's say. But in talking with that person and, you know, they may ask me questions, I offer them my knowledge back. So listen, maybe that girl may know someone she works with looking for a PT and she'll refer me. So, you know, it doesn't you don't only have to network with people even within your industry or even on the fringes Mm -hmm. of your industry. You know, I think it's it's good to be able to cast a wide net and to go in with the uh, with the attitude, like you said, of how can I improve them versus what can all these people give me? So anyway, I think that's very, a very important part of, of building a business. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I don't think we talked about that last week. But on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk more about I have t- I have Jared. I have tons of questions for you from people um, on Twitter. And I was at a, a thing over the weekend. So um, we will be we'll be we'll be right back. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you confused about which diet is right for you? Are you tired of being tired? How about improving your energy, strength, and appearance? Hi, I'm Rika Keck, a holistic nutrition and wellness consultant. If you have answered yes to any of my questions, contact me now at nyintegratedhealth.com or at 646-285-8588. Initiate change and transform your life. Are you concerned about the future of your business or career? Would you like it all to just be better? Well, the way to do that is through better communication. And the best way to do that is training from the team at Improving Communications. This is Larry Sharp, host of the Ivory Tower Radio Program and director at Improving Communications. Does your office need better leadership, customer service, sales, or maybe better writing or speaking skills? Could they be better at dealing with confrontation, conflicts, and touchy subjects? All are covered here at Improving Communications. If you're in the New York City area, stop by one of our public classes or get your human resources in touch with us. The website is improvingcommunications.com. That's improvingcommunications.com. Improve your professional environment. Be more effective. Be happier and make more money. Improving communications. That's the answer. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com.
Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy. I'm joined today by physical therapist, Dr. Jared Carter. Um, so, Jared, you're back on? Yes, yes. Okay. Can you hear me a little bit yes, better this time? Yes, that's good. Thanks. Okay. So, I loved what you brought up in the last segment about really entering into a network event or, or you know, a referral-type situation with looking at what you can offer to people versus it being what can people give to you. And I think that bears repeating because I think it's really, really insightful. And, and I'm so happy you brought that up. Um, but now, here's, here's an interesting question for you. Because I was at a course over the weekend um, here in New York, and it was taught by Barrett Dorco. Do you know who he's a physical therapist? Yeah. So... You know, we there are a lot of PTs there, and so we were just sort of talking about the interview. And, and one of the questions is, um, do you feel like, and I think I had asked you this already, but do you feel like having a cash-based business can be viewed as elitist or perhaps a little alienated by those who cannot afford your services? And how do you respond to that? I... Um you know, I, I, I do, I mean, the short answer would be yes. I'm sure that that does happen at times. Um, but I think with that scenario or that issue, if, if it's a concern for people, um, you know, or considering doing a cash-based practice or converting to more of a cash-based model, and there are a few things to consider. One is it's not as if you going into a cash-based model is all of a sudden uh, keeping people from having a lot of great choices where they can use their insurance. I mean, if that were the case, obviously, you, you'd need to, to think, you know, more about it. And and uh, but but there's always going to be a, the vast majority of PT practices in any given city are going to take insurance. So it's not like you're personally limiting someone else's uh, uh, access to good care, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and on an individual level. If, you know, if you're in a situation or maybe looking at starting a practice and end up in a situation where, um, you know, it's really difficult to remain profitable because of declining reimbursements or you're just not happy with the fact that you have to see, you know, three or four patients an hour mm-hmm. uh, to, to make a decent living and you don't feel like you're giving the care you want, you know, and the list goes on in terms of things where you're just not satisfied with the business that you've built and what you're doing on a daily basis. Um, you know, if you're in that situation, you're also not in really the, the you're not in a situation where you're going to be of great help to others as well. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to, you kind of have to look at, you know, if so, if, if, if now and again, someone wants to come see me and they can't afford it, um, you know, they obviously have other good options in the area. Mm-hmm. And if that really upsets them, you know, and someone here and there feels that way or a colleague feels that way, um, I don't put as much weight into that as I put into the fact that I'm extremely uh, happy and satisfied with the business model I have mm-hmm. and what I do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't have that, it doesn't matter if everyone else is happy or right. thinks that well, you're why, not why do what you're doing then? like that. 
Um, I don't remember who the quote comes from, but just recently um, I read I read something that went along the lines of uh, the only sure way, or there's a very sure way of of, uh, of failing in business, and that's to try and make everyone happy all of the time. Oh, you and can't. I don't do want it. that to sound harsh or anything, um, but I do I do feel like you know when those when you, if you're occasionally viewed in that way by a colleague or by a prospective patient that, you know, that's a bummer, but uh, in the long term and across the, the board and with the majority of the population, um, you know, you're better off focusing on making sure you're happy with what you're doing and providing good care right. and whatever business model that that might come through. Sure. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're not happy, boy, your patients pick up on that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're you know, with someone you're, for an hour, you're going from one patient to the next, and they can tell you're you're, you're frazzled, just not able to give them what you want yeah. to or what yeah. what they need. Uh, you know, doing that day after day, I'd I'd take a few people upset with me or calling me elitist mm-hmm. um, over you know doing that daily. You know, right, and, and right. actually being able to give the kind of care I want and, right. and, and spend the time I want with patients. So yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I would. how I would approach that that issue or that potential issue. And that goes, the next question is, how long are your sessions? A lot of people wanted to know that. Uh, I spend a full hour with each patient. Sorry, every now and again I'm I'm hearing exactly what I'm saying, like a second. Oh, a little echo? Yeah, that's okay. We we don't, yeah. kind of throwing me off a little bit. Yeah, we definitely don't, you don't hear the echo on this end, but I know that sometimes it can echo a little bit. So, but you're okay, you sound great. Okay, thanks. Yeah, so I spend a full hour one-on-one with each patient in each session. Yeah, and here's a question from Erica Mello. She's here and has a practice here in New York City, and it is, how do you deal with late cancellations? I mean, or no-shows or things like that. Now, correct me, you have a brick-and-mortar practice, correct? You're not doing yes, home yes, care. I'm not, I'm not visiting homes, yeah. Okay. Um, I do have a brick-and-mortar business, and with my intake forms, I make it clear that you know, I give them kind of a get out of jail free card uh-huh. on on the first um, cancellation in less than 24 hours uh-huh. with with less than 24 hour notice. Um, but beyond that, I charge them half of okay. the uh, of the rate, which is seventy five dollars. So it's a pretty hefty fee. Yeah. And you know, if it's something that's completely unavoidable, um, you know, I, I sometimes I'll be a little more lenient on it. Yeah. But you can kind of tell when someone is just simply not respectful of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I get that, the sense of that, I'll charge them in yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah. And you got to be kind of tough about that. And when they do it the first time, you need to let them know, hey, I give everyone kind of a get out of jail free on the on the first, you know, cancellation with a shorter notice. But if it, you know, if it does happen again, I will need to charge you the, right. the half, you know, the $75. Right. Um, but generally, also what I found in a cash-based realm is that no-shows are very, very rare. Yes. And uh, late cancellations are pretty uncommon, too, especially compared to Mm -hmm. um, insurance-based practices because, you know, just when people are paying more out-of-pocket, they just attach more value to it, and Mm -hmm. they just tend to cancel less, and they tend to, you know, make it more of a priority in their life. Yeah, I, you know, I have a cash-based business, but I have a home business, so, you know, patients rarely cancel because I'm going to them, and they they never show up late (laughs) because... Yeah, exactly. They're there. <laughs> Although I have had people show up late. Um, but, yeah, I do the same thing. Like, if someone is, you know, very, very... Well, I, I always say, like, if you're sick, do not, like, please cancel. 
Even if you wake up that morning and you're like, you were fine the day before and you're sick as a dog, because as you know, if, if you're not working, you're not getting paid. So if you get very sick because someone failed to tell you that they're very sick, it's no good. I'd rather lose the money and or try to fill the spot. Totally. Last minute. Totally. I would rather lose lose out on the money, fill the spot versus cuz I have gone to patients homes. So I'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sick I have the flu." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. Come on. Like you're supposed to tell me this. Like tell me not to come. Like come on. So for those things, I I usually am pretty I'm probably too lenient, but that being said, like you said, it is hard to to kind of be tough on people. It is without it is, coming across like, as yeah, a jerk, right? And I, I didn't mention the the sick thing, but like, and I'm glad you brought it up because yeah, if they call and they're like, I'm just so sick. I mean, I'm not I'm not charging them for that. There's just like I said, if it's something that just comes up that seems like it's pretty unavoidable, mm-hmm. um, you know. But here and there, it just seems like there you'll get you'll get that person and. Uh, with the attitude, it's just like, well, you know, any little thing that comes up, if, if it's, you know, they're just willing to dismiss you and your service right. quite quickly, then those are the ones that I definitely charge. Yeah, and you and you kind of get a sense of those people the first couple of times you see them. Now, here's another question um, that a lot of people were wondering is, how many times a week are you seeing your patients? You know, because I feel like a lot with the insurance base, it's like, oh, three times a week, you have to come three times a week. Like, I worked at a clinic where if they weren't coming three times a week, we would have to call and figure out why they weren't coming three times a week. So how do you sort of, I mean, obviously, you use your professional judgment. That's yeah, a given. It, it really is. But what I find is, especially when you're when you're spending a full hour, mm-hmm. you know, of, of one-on-one time, um, I'd say most of my patients I see once a week, mm-hmm. now and again, twice. Mm-hmm. And then if I have, um, sometimes people will fly in from out of state, and of course I'll see them like day after, you know, maybe three or four days in a row. Right. Um, and then if we, if I have athletes um, with an injury and they've got a game in a few days, sometimes I'll see them three or four days in a row. Mm-hmm. But those are pretty rare occurrences, mm-hmm. and, and the vast majority of my patients I see once a week. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm about the same. I go once or twice a week. Um, yeah. And do you feel like because you have that hour time? I mean, I look at treatment. Having an hour treatment is a luxury, and I don't mean a luxury for the patient. I mean a luxury for me. Yeah. I look at it as, as, as a luxury for me being the practitioner because, boy, doesn't it give you great time to reevaluate your patient, do a treatment, reeval, do some exercises, get some, you know, it just gives you so much freedom. I don't know. What do you think? It's just a, an incredible luxury. I, I really can't imagine going back. Um, you know, for those out there listening to this uh, who just feel constantly rushed and you're seeing, I don't know, 15, 20 patients a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because I, I wasn't ever in like a total money mill clinic, you know, we were mm-hmm. seeing a ton of patients. We scheduled them like once, one every, you know, 25, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, is actually already kind of getting getting more on the rare side these days. But I mean, just I can't imagine going back to that. You know, yeah. have, having that full hour is it, you can get so much more done. You'll you'll be amazed at you know someone that you or a condition that maybe used to take you eight visits. All of a sudden, at the fourth visit, you're you're yeah. discharging them. Yeah, and uh, it's and and then that kind of 
you know, you can you can market the fact that when you have a full hour in each visit, you generally they're going to have to leave their office less times to see you before they're better. You know, for a lot of for a lot of people, um, they they value their time really really highly. Yes. And when you're when you're marketing to that kind of clientele, um, you know, definitely using utilizing the fact that. Hey, you know, if all else is equal and someone else is going to spend 20 minutes of visit with you and I'm going to spend an hour, you know, I should be able to get you better and at least, you know, twice, at least twice as fast. Right. right. Um, it doesn't always work out that way. But, uh, you know, it, on average, you really do get people better with fewer visits. And that's something you can market as well if you're doing a cash based practice. Yeah. And that's a little off topic. But no, no, no. And that's it. That's yeah. No, that's exactly what Ann Wendell said last week was, you know, if you're trying to market to whomever you're marketing to, um, she said the same thing. She said, well, if a lot of people have $40 copays, if they have a $40 copay, they have to go three times a week. Well, that's $120, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, like you said, it may take you twice as long to get better. So in reality, yeah, maybe paying out of pockets a little bit more expensive. It seems more expensive up front, but in the long run, you're probably spending the same, if not maybe a little less. Yeah, I you know, think it really does work out to be less in some cases. In some cases, and certainly more in others. And, yeah. You know, if, like if someone brings up that topic with me, and they're dealing with a chronic condition or something that I can tell they're going to need ongoing maintenance treatment, yeah. you know, then I, I'm real clear with them. Look, you know. If you had just sprained your ankle, yes, that would be the case. But what you're dealing with, we're going to need to take some time of course. And, and really uh, work on overtime. And so, no, it's, you know, uh, so if money is a real big issue for them and, and they need to really consider, you know, the long-term cost, mm-hmm. then I can I can refer them out to one of the great PTs around here yep. that, that uh, do accept insurance. You know? yep. So, uh, but, yeah, in general, for the, for the kind of, more acute musculoskeletal things. I think I usually self save people money yeah. uh, when they come to see me. Yeah, and 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 I agree. And on that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these messages. So stay tuned. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday morning show, The Music Power Power Hour, Hour. at 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And its limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And our voices. Join Austin and Sloan live Thursdays at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, joined today by the very patient Dr. Jared Carter. <laughs> because we have been having some like phone issues and there's background noise and all this stuff going on. So thank you so much for being patient. And I think, yes, all that background nonsense is gone. So thank you yeah, for being no, patient, no. you know, live no stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Let's get into, this is another question um, from uh, Zach Duhamel, who last week when I said his name, I completely butchered it. Um, I think I said like Zach Dumel, like Josh Dumel, the actor who's married to Fergie. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so this is from Zach Duhamel, and he wanted to talk about how do you, if you do, use technology in your practice to, I mean, he was looking at it from a cost perspective, but how do you use it even as far as ease of your day? Um, so from, from a cost perspective, there are, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of, you know, free, free options out there for different components of the practice. And before I go on, I'd like to say thanks to, for all the questions from Zach. He, I'm, I'm excited to, to see what he does when he gets out in the field. Yeah, he's not even, um, he's still a student. You know, so I, I really have gone the, the keep costs down route in terms of technology and, and the use for my practice. So, for instance, I do my scheduling via Google Calendar. Um, you know, obviously, free email uh, components yeah. I, I use um, for a, a long time <laughs> just um, just to avoid the, the credit card fees. I actually only took uh, check and cash, mm-hmm. uh, but I have gone to, to, you know, getting a credit card swiper and, and that can plug into my uh, Android phone. So, and um, we were talking about this recently on Twitter on who uses what. I use the PayPal it's called PayPal here swipe. Um, oh, you do, okay. and that's worked. That's worked pretty well. I mean, I, I no major complaints there. I think that the that the um, uh, what do you say the, the, the charges or the rates um, are pretty similar between that and and the uh, square. The square, and yeah. Into it, but it there where you can get differences is uh, in or where some kind of can stand out better than the others is you have to look at how many times or how many. Uh, kind of swipes you plan on doing or how much total amount Mm -hmm. Um, because I think once you get above a certain amount per month then you then some of the um, some of your options for the swipe um, kind of plugins uh, become better than others I don't I don't off top of my head I can't say which okay which but I've been happy with the PayPal Um, but you know in terms of ease of use and and technology something that I'm going through right now is that um, I'm, I guess I could just say I, I'm really kind of getting worn out by by having to do all my own scheduling, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, because I'm constantly getting texts and yeah. and emails and calls from patients. And uh, 
I'd kind of resisted doing an online booking system or, or a scheduling system because Texas isn't direct access, and I didn't really uh. want to have something up there where people could just, you know, set up an initial evaluation without knowing that they needed a referral first. Sure, but, sure. I mean, the thing is with those bill- online billing uh, platforms, you get an email for every time someone makes a change or, or adds, so you can just have yourself just... or have an assistant call any new yeah. patients and make sure that they, you know, that they get um, the required referral and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. hopefully you know in time and if they book something you had open that afternoon it might not work that well um, but ultimately what I'm finding is that I'm just putting a lot of time into the scheduling component mm-hmm. of things and also dealing with emails um, so what I'm going to be experimenting with now is um, because having a, a full-time administrative assistant at the office would be too much money uh-huh. for a solo practitioner I have a personal assistant that we're going to be we're going to look at how I can train her to deal with all my patient related emails okay. or most of them um, as well as uh, getting probably a Google Voice um, number have, if that I have, still con- continues on. I read something recently. I have they a, might be doing away with it. Oh really? Um, I have a Google doing Voice some number. kind of a free or cheap phone line mm-hmm. that will take messages and she can check and call them back twice a day mm-hmm. and try to create a system where I essentially have. Um, I have online scheduling, and I have an assistant that maybe works one or two hours only a mm-hmm. day to deal with patient interaction and scheduling and any kind of billing issues or faxing or things like that. So um, I'll, you know, I'll definitely be blogging about it as I go and, and as I come up with, with uh, the different methods that make that possible because mm-hmm. – um, as a solo practitioner, yeah, I mean, and a lot of cash-based practitioners are solo practitioners. You end up spending so much time on all that stuff, and and it really eats into your day and, and mm-hmm. into your free time. And, right. And so um, I look forward to, to figuring out, you know, what can be done in those areas. Um, in terms of EMR, um, mm-hmm. it's not really all that necessary in a cash practice because right. your your billing, I'm sorry, your um, your documentation has to obviously be in line with what your state practice act mm-hmm. requires, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be so extensive like it is with Medicare and right. insurance because you're not billing those things. You're not worried about denial of of payment because mm-hmm. of your your um, you know the way you 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 have or have not um, you know documented something. So, um, I mean, I actually just still use use uh, paper, you know, paper and pen and, and what? Uh, no. manila folder files. Um, but what? I am looking at trying to get with one of the EMR companies uh-huh. and developing a cash-based um, kind of specific EMR uh, that makes faxing and things like that quicker and easier mm-hmm. and also have it link or sync together with an online uh, scheduling platform. Mm. That could be years down the road, but it's something I'm interested in looking into. So everyone, you know, keep an eye out for that. Right. And then, you know, another, so when you're at your practice during the day, you don't have someone running a front desk area or anything like that. No, I have right. a nice little waiting area, mm-hmm. but you know, I just kind of come out and greet yeah. the patients uh, and and bring them back. You know, mm-hmm. when when their when their appointments up. Um, but no, I don't have someone here on site. Yeah, and an, an option that I was kind of because just I mean I I don't even have a brick and mortar practice, so I'm just running around. Rent, right in New York, the rent is crazy. Well, yeah, so I'm just I just run around all day, and and so my yeah. overhead is is my Metro card and the occasional Mm -hmm. cab ride, which is great. Um, But what I was looking at maybe into doing to make, because the scheduling and everything else, yes, it's, it's, you know, 
difficult, especially because yeah. there are times where, like, I literally do not have time to to call someone back for an entire day, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I was actually toying with the idea of a virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, s- and that's my assistant, she's here in Austin. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of what she does for me is virtual. It yeah. is online tasks and things like that. Right. I have her, I use sheets instead of like a paper uh, over the table, you know, so I go through a lot of sheets and, oh, and right. cases. So right, right, right. she comes by, picks those up. Um, you know, she does different stuff for my blog and, and, but really what I'm looking at doing with her, I think you could totally do virtually. Mm-hmm. I really think you could. You yeah. Can, I mean, and, take and, some, some, uh, testing and, and fixing and debugging, but I think mm-hmm. it could be done. With yeah. A little bit of training. Yeah. So I think that's also a nice way of, of the use of technology to keep your cost down. Cause a virtual assistant is not going to probably cost as much as a in-person right next to you mm-hmm. assistant would be. And, and yeah. like you said, they, maybe you need that virtual assistant for five hours a week or maybe 10 hours a week or something, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be, it's not like you're paying someone for a 40 hour a week job. Exactly. You know? One thing I would suggest there, because I've, I've done some outsourcing of other tasks of other businesses that I'm involved in um, overseas. And, and, you know, in terms of if, if the person is going to be doing any kind of interaction with, with the patients, I would definitely try to find a virtual assistant that, you know, English is their first language based mm-hmm. in the U.S. or Canada or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, even if it costs you a little bit more, you'll, you'll you know, I think you and your, your patients' clientele will... Uh, will prefer that, even if it, you know you have to pay a little bit extra for it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I agree. And there's lots of lots of people here in the U.S. that that can kind of help you out with that. Um, oh, yeah. And you know, another thing that that I do, I don't do it every day, but certainly if I have to see a new patient, I always take an iPad with me. Mm-hmm. Um, because on the iPad it, versus having to carry on like books and things like that. So there's a great app on the, like an anatomy app on the iPad. Oh, cool. That I love to take with me to kind of show patients it's 3d. It turns around. It's, you can make muscles disappear, reappear. You can look at the whole nervous system cool. through it to kind of really give people. Um, and there's a lot of different ones, um, in the What's app store. App What's it called? Yeah. I forget. I should have my, I, this is one of those days where I don't have my iPad with me. I forget, but okay. I will, I will post it, but I have to say it's, um, yeah. Oh, virtual body. It's called virtual body. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's what it's called. Virtual body. And it's, it's really great. Cause then, you know, you don't have to carry around because I'm, because I go from house to house, I try and keep what I carry as light as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine like carrying around an anatomy book with you? Yeah, no I mean, that's insane. Do you, I don't even like to have one in the office, you know? Yeah. Do you also take notes on the iPad as well, or do you do that by paper? Um, when I'm, I, I have an iPhone or the iPad, so I will, like, write, like, an outline mm-hmm. in the notes section. Like, I use my phone a lot, so I'll write it on the notes section of my phone, and then I go home and, and I'll put it into the computer, like, later okay, on that cool. day. So it does add on maybe an extra hour of my time. And I don't remember things like I used to 10 years ago when I was younger. <laughs> and so I actually have to, like, write stuff down. You know, like when your mom used to do that when you were younger, and you're like, you can't remember that? Yeah, exactly. So, so that's me. So now I have to write things down. And I also use my iPhone a lot to video patients. So I'll video them doing their exercises, and then I'll email them the video. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I use that as well. I have yeah. a video of me on their phone sometimes. Yeah. So I have to go back and upload it and email or whatever. So yeah. they yeah. they have their own phone there, which usually they do. I'll just say, okay, get your yeah. camera, you know, video going. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I do. I usually do it on or because everybody always has their phone on them, even when I see them in yeah. their homes. Yeah. Their phone is literally right next to them. Yeah. Um, like the, the iPhone or whatever. So I'll, I'll do that with, with exercises or I'll have them, you know, if, if they have antalgic gait patterns, I'll videotape them walking well so they can always look at that mm-hmm. and see how they're walking well to kind of train them. Anyway, that's a whole another story. Um, on that, so that's, on a good, that's a really great use of technology. Yeah. I mean, as far as Zach's questions go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll sort of wrap things up. So everybody stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant. Helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. And welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and I'm joined today by Dr. Jared Carter, and we're talking cash-based models uh, for f- of physical therapy. And, and Jared, here's a question that I bet you get asked a lot, because I, when I was telling people, oh, I'm doing a show on cash-based physical therapy, um, everyone's like, well, who only pays you cash? So I think a common sort of, maybe this is a question that you get asked a lot, but does cash-based business mean that people can only give you cash? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's obviously, it's, a, it's just that that's the term that most yeah. people use for the business model. But clearly, you know, a very, very small percentage of, of people actually pay for their, you know, pay for my services in physical cash. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, 
yeah, so it's just it's just a term used, and I and I I hate that you know that that kind of is what brings to mind for people. It's like right. you know, no, you can only bring cash. You know, I'm <laughs> avoiding taxes. But right. you know, it's not like yeah, that it sounds it does just, sound a little shady. Yeah, it's just that um, it somehow you know that's that's the kind of most common name for this business model, mm-hmm. and so for those of us who are you know talking about it or, 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 you know, blogging about it or writing a book about it, we kind of have to use the term that most people think of. With, I also use the term private pay mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of pre- I prefer that term more than anything, but, but again, kind of have to use the cash-based term. Right. And I think Alan last week said he uses non-insurance-based. It's a lot. Of, yeah, it's it's wordy. It's long, but you know, yeah. there's got to be a you know, there's got to be a way to kind of simplify this, and so that people know when you say, "Oh, I run a cash based business or a private pay business," that people know exactly what you mean. You know, yeah, yeah. W- when you say that, because I think all of those terms, non insurance based, people be like, "Well, I don't understand." And cash-based, right. people think you only pay cash. Private pay, well, does that mean that my insurance is privately paying for it? Right, right. You know, so I think... Some also we've... use self-pay mm-hmm. or um, out-of-network Yeah, I use. Model. I think Anne uses out-of-network model. But, uh-huh. you know, anyway. Um, here's here's a, a question. Actually, this is a question that um, that I have, is how many patients are you seeing per day? So right now, um, I try to cap it at six. Six. And so that's where well, I put about 10 minutes between each patient. Uh-huh. So that ends up being about seven hours here, then a little bit of time for administrative work. And you've got yourself an eight or nine hour day. Okay. Um, and, and, and lately, I've been actually trying to block out one day a week where mm-hmm. I where I do non-clinical work and mm-hmm. work on, like, I'm, you know, an update to my ebook and, um, you know, a number of other projects that I've got going mm-hmm. and even non-clinical businesses. So um, right now I'm seeing six patients, usually four days a week, if mm-hmm. I have to, you know, fill in some on that, on that extra day, if things are really, really busy, then I will. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of where I try to keep it now. Okay. And... Um... God, that's that's good. How long did it take for you to build up? So this is, I think, a question for people thinking about starting a cash-based business. How long did it take you to get to the point where you're consistently seeing that many patients per week? Um, and well, I don't know. Maybe I, it's not super consistent all the time, but, you know, yeah, on average. That's, yeah, that's what I'd say is that, like, Pretty much from, and I don't know why it's like this, but for the for the three years so far I've been in business, the summer um, for some reason is a little slower. Always, and then as of like October through about April, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm like booking people two or three weeks out. Yeah, consistently. So, but in the summer times, I'll definitely have days where I have gaps. You know, yeah. a, 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 an unfilled spot here and there. But really within, so I started, I think, in Feb, uh, February 2010 um, or March. And by that fall, it was busy. I mean, I was mm-hmm. already I was already kind of having those uh, fully booked days most days of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was back when I was seeing, I was seeing patients five days a week. So okay. I was seeing like five to six, five days a week. Okay. Um, so in, in a, a part of that was... I I had been working for a, a private pay or cash based practice before that, and okay. a number of people, you know, were were finding me online and and, and following me. So that okay. definitely was was a, a help. You know, okay. if you're coming out of a 
an insurance-based practice where most of the people who are your established clients are used to using their insurance, you probably could could count on some of them following you if you have a really good rapport with them and they, um, you know that they'd be willing to go out of network after mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, to stay with you and keep you as their therapist. But it wouldn't be at, you know wouldn't be quite as much as like if you're coming from a cash based right. practice and everyone was already used to paying out of pocket or out of network rates to sure. see you. Um, so that definitely was part of it. And outside of that, I. I mean, I hustled. I mean, I really yeah. worked hard. Yeah. And I made I sure that I was all over <laughs> you know, on doing the right things online, social media, multiple networking events every week, following mm-hmm. up with everybody, mm-hmm. anything I could. I mean, I hustled. And so there's, I mean, you, you've really got to do that. There's no way around having to do that, even if you have patients following you. Yes, um, If absolutely. you want to get a you know, full cash-based schedule in less than a year. Yeah, so, yeah. I, 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 would, I would agree with that. I mean, the way I was going from an insurance base to basically a cash-based home practice, mm-hmm. so talk about even more of a, of a niche, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. But I, I started working, like I was working full-time 40 hours, and then found myself seeing people before and after, and it got to be too overwhelming. So then I worked 20 hours. And then I was like, yeah. oh, I need to drop a day. So I was 20 hours a week working four hours, five days a week. And now mm-hmm. I do work in a clinic two days a week, four hours each day, so eight hours. Um, so, but I sort of dropped that down. It took a couple of years to kind of get to that point. But now, you know, I, I'm seeing like seven or eight people every day which is wow. crazy it's insane um with, state, with travel time between goodness gracious yes with travel time between right so that's, that's usually like my mondays wednesdays fridays and then i'll see five people on the days that i work in the clinic and then work okay. in the clinic four hours so yes i know hustle um and yeah. then i work on the weekends too if i can't kind of fit everybody in but like you said and it's the same thing here in new york city come june you have a lull, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So I think when you have, when you have a cash based business, I think when you have the business come to you, like you hustle and you do it because you know, like I know come June or July, I'm going to have some easier days mm-hmm. and, and that's great. You know, I think that you, and you can't be scared of those lulls. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't freak out over the lulls. That's, that's right. my best it, advice it, to anyone is don't freak out over a lull and trust in yourself and trust in that you know what you're doing and you know that you're doing good work and it'll come to you. Yeah, the, you, I'm so glad you mentioned that. There's two awesome things you just mentioned was the, was the don't worry about the lulls. They're going to happen because mm-hmm. uh, I remember when I had that first slowdown, I was like, oh, no. You're you like, know, oh, my God, I made a mistake. Like this, and all this <laughs> doubt. And uh, it, of course, came back pretty quickly. Yeah. And now I see that it's more cyclical, you know, mm-hmm. when, you know, it's just something you can kind of expect. Yeah. And, and um, you also the way you that you eased into your cash practice um, by doing less and less in your in your previous position mm-hmm. um that is that is i'm glad that you mentioned that because you know a lot of people are interested in just starting cash practice but there are a lot of people out there who already obviously have a practice mm-hmm. and they want to just increase their cash-based income mm-hmm. uh, or their private pay income 
and you know just taking an hour or two a week at, at first just mm-hmm. to say this hour or two a week is going to be for out of network patients mm-hmm. and just building that up as that clientele increases over time right. then you're not risking a lot right. you know you're still maintaining an income while right. while building that that part of your business and not risking too much and like you know just doing a full conversion dropping all your all your different third party payers all at once that'd be crazy yeah you know, that's, that's crazy kind of like, and and it's a little scary and quite and you know like living in new york city i mean rents are expensive here oh, God, you know so yeah. it's not like i was going to be like i'm going to quit the security of my regular job <laughs> and just cross my fingers you know right, right. so i think doing having i think for anyone thinking of going to a cash-based model you have to make sure that you really have all your ducks in a row before you start and that means, like you said before, getting a mentor within, the, and we said this last week as well, within physical therapy and within business. Mm-hmm. And, and also hitting up every entrepreneurial night, every, every you know, uh, get together you can possibly get with, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to, to try and get referrals. And just even getting your name out there is worth worth a lot. So I think that that's my best advice. What's what would be your number one piece of advice that you can give in less than two minutes to someone? Or piece of advice for getting started or converting or uh, um, I, let's say getting started. So if you were just going to start out in the way I did without a practice, you're converting yeah. you're starting, starting from scratch. And I think your approach of, of visiting people at their homes that worked well for me in mm-hmm. the very, very beginning before. Mm-hmm. And then I did, I found what's called the booth rental where it was like a nice massage spa kind of place where you could rent a room with a, Perfect. you know, with a treatment table yep. um, on a per visit basis. So if you're not you're not making, I'm sorry, you're not spending money unless you're making it, right? Yep. So you can start to see patients there and then wean away from doing the home visits unless you want to stay doing home visits if that's what you like to do. Sure. Um, so that's the approach that, that I took. And then, of course, all along um, the way is just, you know, you pretty much have to say, this is what I, all I'm going to do for the next couple of years until this thing is a success and I'm not having a constantly market is, you know, basically work 10 to 12 hours a day. Yeah. And know that at the end of the tunnel, um, if you have, you know, a fully booked cash-based practice and you're able to have a relaxed day with mm-hmm. your patients, an hour with each mm-hmm. one, making good money, that it will all be worth it. But it is going to be a lot of hard work up front and you're yeah. going to have to hustle and get out there. And like you said, all the networking events um, and really, you know, network with especially the people in the health and wellness field, but mm-hmm. also also just the entrepreneurs in your area. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, yeah, just, just work hard at it and know that it's going to take some time. But, uh, if you give good results and you provide a a service that's far superior, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in different components, whether it's one-on-one time, manual therapy, certain types of sports therapy, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. But if you're offering a superior service and you can get the word out about that, you can survive and and do well in a cash-based or uh, private pay business model. Absolutely. And where, before we um, sign off here, where can people find more information about you? Uh, You could go to drjaredcarter.com. That's not doctor spelled out. So it's Mm -hmm. D-R-J-A-R-O-D-C-A-R-T-E-R.com. And that is a website dedicated to the cash-based or private pay physical therapy business model. 
um, I have a ton of free info and and, yep. and uh, former blogs there, and I also uh, have an ebook for sale there right. on this topic. So great. lots of information at, at yeah. uh, drdrcarter.com. Yeah, and it's a great website, and there is a wealth of knowledge there. So thank you for uh, putting that out there for everyone who really wants to get into more of a cash-based model. And thanks for coming on the show and being super-duper patient in the beginning. I apologize. But, you know, no live glitches happen every once in a while. So thanks so much for coming on. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Great. And everyone, thanks for tuning in. And thanks to all of you for being patient there for the first couple of segments. And have a, have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, I'm Dana. And I'm Don. We are certified certified mediators. mediators. And I am a family and couples licensed therapist and author of Please Don't Buy Me Ice Cream. Our show, New Beginnings, is about helping you and your family recover financially and emotionally and start the beginning of your life. We'll answer your questions on divorce, family court, co-parenting, personal development, new relationships, blending families, and more. Dana and I will bring you to a place of empowerment and belief that even though marriages may end, families are forever. Join us every Monday starting September 10th at 10 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neosage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, for the Ivory Tower Radio Program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neosage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in 
Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. TalkingAlternative.com 